Welcome to our new show with Revive MS Support. Over this series, we'll meet some of the people involved with Revive, the leading provider of support for people in the west of Scotland who are affected by multiple sclerosis. Revive's purpose-built centre is located in Govan, Glasgow. In this episode, we chat to David Hines, oxygen therapy technician at Revive, about the oxygen chamber and its role in the centre's history. We also speak to Isabel Horsfall, lead physiotherapist, as well as Jackie Ritchie and Miriam Winton, both speech and language therapists, about the range of services on offer at Revive and the benefits that they can have for service users. First up, Isabel, Jackie and Miriam. My name's Isabel and I'm one of the lead physios here at Revive. I work three days and my colleague Jill, who's also lead physio, she works two days. And how long have you been at Revive? Gosh, I've been at Revive since 2016 and, and that's when we came to this building in that year. Hi, yes, I'm Jackie Ritchie. I'm one of the speech and language therapists here and I have been at Revive, believe it or not, for nine years now. I've been in the old building and, and in the new, lovely new centre. Oh, well, thank you so much. And last but by no means least, could you introduce yourself for everyone, please? Yes. Hi, my name's Marion Winton and I'm a speech and language therapist. I've worked at Revive since September, before which I worked across hospitals in Glasgow within the NHS. Oh, so we've got an excellent group um, to speak with us today about some of the services that are here at Revive. Um, could you tell me a bit more about what physiotherapy looks like at Revive? Yeah, physiotherapy here at Revive, what we're really interested in is is helping clients to optimise their function, the things that they want to do. Um, and that might be with things like we help to compensate for some of the, the issues that they might have with their MS. So that might be encouraging appropriate pieces of equipment from sort of walking aids to wheelchairs, etc., um, or splints or to, so that they can um, optimise what they like to do, their functions. So physio looks a bit like if you come and see me, it's really understanding what it means to you how MS is impacting on your world and some of the challenges you have. So we have a look at it and we will look at things like your walking, like your balance, strength, dexterity, coordination, look at all these things and then we decide how we're going to go forward together. And so what physio does here is we tend to use a lot to do with exercise as a way of self-managing some of these conditions. So we have a gym that's fantastically equipped and um, we have different sessions that go on there to sort of look at some of these issues that a client has. So we try and really listen to what's going on for you and kind of support. So it's partly your physical and your emotional well-being. Sounds like there's quite a lot of opportunities for someone who's visiting the centre to help with some of the, the f physical challenges that, that come along with the condition. So it sounds like there are a good range of, of physical sort of um, avenues that you can look at in, in terms of helping someone. Um, but are there, are there regular classes that maybe aren't physio, but they're... Um, for group activity that might feed into some of the physio work that you do here? Yeah, um, one of the things we do here at the centre is um, we run what we call like four gym sessions a day. So um, we bring in, say, about eight or nine um, folk into the gym. And depending on what's going on for them, the type of exercises that they can get involved in, um, we have a, a, each person would have their own individualised plan. Mm. And they'd be looking at, you know, it could be building up their stamina, building up their strength, improving their range of movement. And for some, it's trying to prevent secondary sort of tightness issues. And mm -hmm. so, you know, some folk may come into the gym and it's a, a good opportunity to stand, which may seem a very sort of simple thing that we all kind of take for granted. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're spending long periods, say in a wheelchair and what have you, the ability to come and to stand in a piece of equipment that'll hold you there, but you're standing, um, can help and keep the muscle length and the soft tissue length and such like that. But also coming into the gym, you're with other folk who are going through the same thing as you are. And, you know, they um, give peer support, which is so important. So it's an upbeat environment. There's there's always good music, good banter. Mm. And we even do sort of challenges and games and we try and make it as much fun as possible. I, I was thinking a bit about you know the, the times that I've done solo physical activity versus mm-hmm. with a group, um, and there's there's obviously physical benefits to both of those situations. But I've gotten quite a, a, quite different things out of doing it on my own versus doing it in a group. And I can ima- I can imagine that there is at least some element of that here and so like you were saying you know sometimes it's a bit easier if you know that there'll be a group of people there and that helps motivate you a wee bit to get to get in and get going because maybe you know that your pal is going to be there or you know that there are other folks who are experiencing something very similar to you are also going to be there and that helps um, some folks get over the hurdle of, of, of getting there and, and, and being involved in that sort of way. So it's really lovely to hear that there's a range of, of these opportunities, phys- physio opportunities for folk. And what about speech and language therapy? What, what does that look like here at Revive? So speech and language therapy at Revive involves working with people with MS on their speech, voice, swallow and cognition. So that could either be one-on-one or in groups, or, or it might involve family members. So around 25% to 40% of people with MS have changes in their speech, which is called dysarthria. This might involve slurring of the speech or an imprecision of the sounds. This is especially true in the later stages of MS when fatigue becomes a factor. And we might suggest tips in energy conservation to increase loudness and clarity of speech or advice to use a compensatory strategy like reducing the rate of speech or increase articulation with certain sounds, making it easier for the listener to understand. Um, Changes in voice are called dysphonia and people may present with a weakness or a harshness of their voice. The organs and the muscles that are involved in speech are also involved in swallowing. On average, we swallow 580 times a day when we eat and drink and when we manage our saliva. So around 30 to 40% of people with MS might notice a change in their swallow uh, or have a swallow difficulty and that's what we call dysphagia. Um, And dysphagia can cause trouble with chewing, with lip seal throat clearing or coughing with liquids or solids. It's important to keep an eye on swallow difficulties as left untreated it can lead to chest infections. We also can recommend different positions, postures or exercises as well as the modification of food or fluids to help with this. Um, We also work with people with cognitive problems and people may need help with memory, their problem solving, complex thinking or word finding. Um, and we might work one on one with things like Alexa or diaries to help with this or for word finding, look at strategies to retrieve the words quicker. And also help families as well, um, because a lot of cognitive problems have an effect on family members. so working with them to come up with strategies to help. I don't think I really appreciated the full range of work that comes under the speech and therapy umbrella, you know, sort of um, speech and language therapy umbrella. um, That, of course, you know, with speech in the title, I was like, okay, speech and and talking and and words and formation of those. um, But I don't think I really considered that everything else that happens in your with your mouth and your throat things like swallowing and and chewing and you know all of that full range there that that was also affected so um i love that every time i come and speak to someone here at revive like i learn 
so many new things um, that I don't think I've ever considered about um, what what might someone with MS might experience on a day-to-day basis. Um, I suppose even even the exercise of using a, a smart speaker, you know, in that sense that, you know, you, you, this, this tool could be something that's quite helpful to someone who maybe has limited mobility, um, you know, reaching up to turn a light switch off or to close the curtains or something like this. Having smart speakers like that maybe hooked up to a smart home system could be an incredible um, boon in that sense, but offset with challenges, I suppose, around being able to actually give the instruction. Um, so I can see how this is a two sides of the same coin, um, you know, and that um, you you sort of focus on a way to to target the work that you guys do together here um, in a way that actually works smarter and not harder for someone. Um, and so it's really lovely to, to, I suppose, hear about some of the, the combination of, of how these two things work together for someone. Um, yeah, certainly. With people who have progressive MS, um, they might not have the use of all their limbs, so they might not be able to put on the light switch or put them off. So being able to use their voice and have a strong enough voice to activate environmental controls mm-hmm. or also uh, working with other professionals like the SETCI Centre to put in place equipment like eye gaze and head mouse so that people that can't do that or need support to do that can have technology to help them and communicate and also communicate to uh, meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Again, a- another thing that I hadn't even considered. So um, I really do appreciate spending time with, with folks who are, who are using these bits of technology, which, which seem quite mundane in a, you know, sort of maybe in your average household, but in these circumstances are actually, sound like they're quite foundational to independence. Um, either to you know someone who has MS or somebody who's living in, in the same space of them who's supporting them um, so it's really incredible to hear about how these kind of things are coming together um, and tell me I'm hoping that some of you guys can tell me more about the kinds of regular sessions that are happening here right at Revive As I, as I mentioned before, I guess you know our gym sessions go on every day, but we do we do try and create a kind of you know opportunity for all um, clients with MS in terms of exercise. So we we run things like yoga, Pilates, um, Qigong, um, and all these kind of have um, can be a fun way of exercising, but they're great for building up flexibility, sort of strength. Um, and stamina so so we run these types of groups here at the center um and we're also we have another program that we run maybe twice a year called getting a head start which is really targeting um clients who've newly diagnosed and it's a um, high intensity type approach to exercise like 30 second bursts Mm -hmm. up to 45 seconds of certain exercises and then there's a kind of educational component with it as well to understand um, you know the importance for all sorts of reasons of keeping fit Mm -hmm. and healthy um, and the benefits of of that uh, when you have MS so we're constantly looking for ideas we're also looking uh, um, at live streaming um, a couple of our classes so you know folk can from their own luxury of their home can kind of come and join us in terms of a seated pilates and the tai chi or qigong i should say um approach um so we're looking at that and we're hoping that we can start that fairly soon Johnny G Radio. your station your i can appreciate that i suppose in terms of of flexibility and and sort of some muscle building in, in that respect that tai chi and yoga are, are quite good for that and i suppose having those as uh, on offer they're also known to to most people and so you know you're not you're not asking mm-hmm. folks to consider something that's super left field you know or 
you know, it's not going out to play football, but, you know, at least majority of folks have mm-hmm. at least heard of what yoga is or heard of what tai chi is maybe don't quite understand the full benefits that are available through them but certainly getting some exposure to that here at the center and, and as you mentioned online virtually as well um, because I, I know that um, several um, folks here at Revive have said that the, the folks come from all over access the centre from the whole west of Scotland and being able to offer some of those to folks who maybe can't make it in that week or that month or maybe unfortunately aren't able to make the travel anymore that there's still a way for them to be included. Mm-hmm. And I think you know one of the, the interesting things is um, or good things is we're hoping to do a little bit more joint at working and spoken to Mariam about um, the sort of respiratory side of it. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about, so go on and talk about her area, but you know, respiratory is important as well mm-hmm. within this condition. You know, a deep kind of breathing, keeping the sort of diaphragms, sort of strong posture, all these things. Um, it's important, and we're kind of looking at that um, best practice around the management of respiratory within MS as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of getting a two for one there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what about speech and um, language therapy? What are some of the, the regular opportunities that people have here? So in terms of classes, um, I run the fatigue management class with my uh, colleague Sheila. And it's a really popular session because fatigue is one of the most common um, symptoms and actually one of the most debilitating. Mm-hmm. It's almost an overarching symptom because it affects people physically um, emotionally and also it affects their their thinking too so um, you know fatigue in MS is is very different from the fatigue that we experience so we've had a long day at work or done some exercise it really they describe it as being completely overwhelming Mm -hmm. and actually the group which is a six week two hour session bringing people together who have this essentially hidden symptom, a symptom that most people can't really understand. Um, the power of having that collective support within the group is just amazing to, to work with. Um, and it's an evidence-based programme, um, so we follow it quite strictly through, through the weeks. Um, but you know we do have our little revived twists on it um, because we are a team and we bring the physio team in actually for a session on exercise which means that it opens people's minds up to what else the centre can provide support for um, that might impact on their fatigue and we also have Geraldine, our counsellor, comes in because fatigue really can impact significantly on um, your relationships um, and your mood and your well-being. So we bring Geraldine into, and that session really helps to open people's minds up to to that aspect of fatigue and how they might go forward um, and get support um, with, with that aspect. Um, so the sorts of things that we do in that group are every week um, we kind of tackle an aspect like perhaps it might be sleep or rest um, or energy management Um, we have lots of very practical um, advice uh, for people with regard to things like pacing and planning and organising we explore everybody's different kind of um, take on fatigue because it's different for everybody Um, many of them are dealing with you know, issues at home, perhaps issues in the workplace. Um, and one of the biggest benefits actually is they, they, whilst they're problem solving for other people, they start to problem solve for themselves. And by the end of the six week um, course, they actually go away with a set of goals um, and we bring them back again another six weeks later for one more session just to kind of pull everything together and capture hopefully, um, how they're getting on. So there's always support there. The other amazing thing is that they often, by themselves really, form quite strong relationships, personal relationships within the group that they have WhatsApp groups that they um, take take forward, um, which is really nice. So there's always somebody there to, to talk to once the group finishes. 
and I also do the the memory matters group as we call it it's a four week two hour group and often we signpost people from the fatigue group to that so it's just a little bit more detailed on um, really some of the the as, as Marion mentioned the cognitive issues in MS the memory and thinking issues which are very common I mean 50% of people may have these these issues and obviously they're quite frightening it can be very lonely it's often something they don't want to talk about with other people so again coming to the group and being able to share often it's, it's a burden and an emotional burden and share that with with other people as well as learning some of the tips and tricks to help them live life a little bit better with these problems um, so that's that's where we where we're at with the groups I, I love hearing about how the work that you guys do comes together and, and mul- at multiple opportunities. Um, there's a, a real sense, I think, now after speaking to as many folks as I have and what's really being underlined for me at the moment is how um, these are all, these ships all sail in the same direction um, and, you know, that, that truly the work that's going on here all plays with and supports the other work that's being done to really give um, folks with MS as as many opportunities as possible to continue living a a meaningful, social, healthy life as you know in the best way possible. Um, And I love hearing about how speech and language therapy and physiotherapy are doing exactly that. are there any new classes that you're currently planning? We're always looking. Um, we're always coming up with ideas. We try, uh, you know, to keep um, the classes, the sort of sense of fun and, and keeping it uh, like different ideas um, and ways of exercise so it doesn't become the kind of mundane. Um, so we're always looking at different challenges. I guess um, we have on a Thursday evening, and um, we've got started a class that does like looking more at strength and conditioning. That's on a sort of Thursday um, evening. We've we've kind of sort of opened the centre a bit later for that. Um, and we are looking um, at the whole area of pain and the management of pain, but more from a multidisciplinary team. So it'll be involvement with, with the nurse. At the minute, as part of the physio, and um, we do offer for certain clients um, acupuncture. Because although when I first started speaking about physio, I kind of spoke a lot about the kind of motor symptoms effect. But, mm-hmm. you know, some clients... Um, have a lot of sensory components to their condition which may mean that their their gait, their balance and everything is fine but um, they may have what we call neuropathic discomfort which has lots of sort of you know, it can be pain, it can be sort of pins and needles, sort of strong um, sensory feelings um, and, you know, how you live with that and how you manage it um, is another sort of support group and looking at what is best practice. So it's early days, but it's in our um, strategic plan for the <laughs> for the next kind of year. We're going to look at that side of things as well. I, I can really appreciate that, that switching it up every once in a while is, is part of how you potentially keep folks engaged, um, you know, and, and offer a, a full palette um, where there's hopefully one or two things at least that somebody will be interested in. Um, so all the best, you know, with the plans for those. I hope those those come um, come come to fruition and, and are um, just as successful and, and meaningful as, as some of the other things that you've described. What about speech and language therapy? Anything uh, in the works that we should know about? So Speak and Sing is a new group which uses the power of singing as a therapeutic tool. Um, The group is relaxed and fun and a way to strengthen your voice and make friends. You might also uh, improve your cognition through learning new songs and the lyrics. It's running for five sessions in May and it's two hours long. And the aims are to improve improve people's communication or improve their confidence in their communication, to improve their physical and mental health, and to bring people together to reduce their social isolation and promote social inclusion. 
every session we get people to come together and introduce each other and that's to break the ice and also over the five sessions these people will meet five different people and so this helps them to like promote the friendships that might form then we do vocal exercises so as Isabel said before we do some deep breathing and breath relaxation jaw release and then some lip trills tongue trills and the aim of these exercises are to warm up and the muscles involved for speaking and singing um, and the voice and the muscles involved in speaking and singing are muscles so they're just like physio you warm up these areas and just like you would in any exercise and we do 20 minutes of singing and standard well-known songs and then we have some tea and biscuits um, and talk about different songs and how songs are important to different people and what kind of emotions they invoke. And then 20 minutes of singing songs are suggested by the group and then a cool down. So that's it in a nutshell. I love the sound of the format of this. Sounds like something that, that I would be right into. You know, you get your biscuits, you get your singing, you yeah. get a wee bit of chat with some, some new friends, hopefully. So to me, everything that you've put forward there sounds excellent, um, you know, but, you know, I've got a real understanding, a real appreciation, I suppose, now of just how much work is going on there, you know, and the various elements that are coming together. Um, you know, during those two hours, you know, with all the the, the physical work and the social work and the um, sort of the emotional and, and mental health work that's going on there as well. You know, you think sort of a, a singing session wouldn't necessarily provide all of that, but, but it sure does. Yeah, and according to the University of Oxford, um, singing with others improves breathing, posture and reduces muscle tension it can regulate your heartbeat and um, it works as a painkiller a natural painkiller and um, similar to when we do intense exercise it can release b endorphin and mm-hmm. um, it can sustain a healthy immune system and certainly in other conditions being part of a parkinson's choir and the people that are part of that felt that their voices were strengthened and possibly due to the deep breathing that was involved in the extensive use of their vocal cords Um, and also hopefully it can improve memory because of learning new songs and lyrics. So from the work that we're doing at Speak and Sing we've noticed that a lot of people are interested in coming to a choir so watch this space it's something hopefully we'll organize for summer loads of joyful noises coming your way guys exciting times oh i i I sort of love the sound of what's going on there um and you know hope that that it's um offering all the opportunities to folks that that you've explained to us if someone is considering coming to revive for the first time do you guys have any advice that you might offer them Coming um, somewhere for the first time can be daunting for anybody. Um, but, you know, um, I would really encourage you if, if you come, because one of the things is we try and create such a safe environment. Uh, I've, worked in NS, um, I've worked in NHS for kind of many years, and one of the things I think we can offer here is we're very client-centred. We will really listen to your story. Um, and in whatever way we will try and support you. We, as a, a, a centre, we're really well linked as well with all the other MS services in Glasgow, in the NHS. So whether it's their MS nurses or the consultants or in my case, the MS specialist physio at the Queen Elizabeth, we, you know, um, we're, we're kind of connected. So with a person's permission and always with their consent, if we felt that they were missing out or there was something that they needed that we can't give them here, we'll be more than happy to signpost them or any pieces of equipment or a lot of the time also changes in medication that we could see that would be needed you know we can advocate on their behalf and 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 write letters and saying to get referrals so you know I would encourage 
folk to come along um you know and having the cafe and the center hub there's always opportunity as well to talk to other clients who've got this condition and as we've probably heard from a lot of things we've said um this afternoon anyway you know a lot of people support each other so you know there is definitely a safety in what we offer i feel And what about you, Jackie? Is there any advice that you might have for someone if they were thinking of coming to Revive for the first time? Well, very much like Isabel, I mean, we hear stories all the time about people having made that step and how it was a big barrier to them to step over the threshold because it was like admitting that, you know, I have a problem and I need some help. But I would say, you know, you will be given the warmest of welcomes. Um, We understand that everybody's an individual and people come to Revive because they want to help themselves. And I think when you come in with other people who are all feeling that same positive um, feeling, it really, it becomes quite powerful and um, I've always heard very positive stories of people's experiences of coming um, and, and often they'll say, I wish I'd done it sooner. So that's that's my message. <laughs> and finally, what advice might you offer to somebody thinking to come, thinking of coming to Revive for the first time? Well, I think Isabel and Jackie summarised it really nicely. Um, just come along, you'll be greeted with a smile and it'll be like coming to see a good friend. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day today to to share the good work that you guys are doing here at Revive to support folks uh, with MS. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Sunny G Radio. Your station, your creation. Now we hear from David Hines. Hi, my name's David. I'm the chamber operator at Revive. And I've been working with Revive since 1984, which is now 39 years. Okay, could you start breaking this down a little bit for us? What is the chamber operator? Well, I I operate a thing called the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And what hyperbaric oxygen means is oxygen under increased pressure. Okay. It looks very much like a diving decompression chamber. The principle is exactly the same, although you're not actually diving. What happens in an HB is called hyperbaric oxygen. What happens is that the clients go inside the chamber. I then fill the chamber with compressed air to build up the pressure, which is the equivalent of being down under certain depths of water. Then the client puts on an oxygen mask and breathes 100% oxygen for an hour. Okay. Before anybody begins to use the chamber, though, the client what we would do is we would send a contraindication form off to the GP first of all because there's a certain conditions that would stop someone from using the chamber. Mm. So if someone had a, a serious respiratory condition like asthma, they wouldn't be allowed to, to go into the chamber. Also, we restrict people who have epilepsy from going in the chamber. And it's not the epilepsy, it's only because if someone was to take a seizure inside the chamber, it might be difficult if they had a mask on, if they collapsed or something to get them back out quickly. Right. So um, that's the only thing. So we send, a, we send a form off to the GP, first of all. When the GP sends that letter back and everything's okay, then what we do is then I will then do a pre-treatment assessment with the clients. So I'll ask a series of questions about their symptoms. And I always stress to the clients, don't worry if I ask a question about a symptom that you don't have because not everybody with MS gets the same symptoms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will then... Do a pre, as I said, do a pre-treatment assessment with them. Then I'll, I'll tell them that the initial treatment is 20 sessions. 20? 20 okay. sessions. And it's split into groups of five. So what they will do is, and first of all, a session, to let everyone know, a session lasts for about an hour and 10 minutes altogether. It takes a couple of minutes to pressurise the chamber. Mm-hmm. Then it's a full hour on the oxygen a couple of minutes to depressurise the chamber mm-hmm. and then you come back out again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only sensation you might feel when you're being pressurised, maybe a wee bit like flying, maybe your ears will pop. Okay. That's all. That's not too that's bad. nothing at all. Really. No, it's nothing that doesn't sound bad at all. Nothing at all. So th- that's what a session is and you do 20 sessions. So for the first five sessions, you'll go to the first pressure, which is the equivalent of being two and a half metres down underwater. 
eight feet in old money, as we would say. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> and then what you do is you do five sessions at that. Mm-hmm. When the five sessions are finished, I will then take the assessment sheet that I did at the beginning out and say, okay, to the client, have you noticed any change? And, and we'll go through the symptoms again to see if they've noticed any difference in anything. Mm-hmm. If they haven't noticed any difference in anything, then for the next five sessions, we increase the pressure. Okay. So they would then go to five metres, the equivalent of five metres down. Okay. Five sessions again, assessed again. If there's no change, 12 and a half metres down. Okay. If there's no change. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So, the, so uh-huh. the most that anyone goes to is the equivalent of being 33 feet down underwater. Oof. Which sounds an awful lot, but actually in, in diving terms, it's not a, not okay. a great deal. It okay. really isn't. It just sounds very, uh-huh. oh my goodness, it I, sounds for, like we're For someone who's never been that there. far it's, below it's, anything. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, the pressures we use aren't very great. Right, okay. Um, so, big part of my job at the beginning, though, is when the clients come in, I will sit down with them at the chamber when I've done the assessment, and then I'll go through everything with them. Mm-hmm. I'll explain what's happening what they imagine is going to happen because it could be two different things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and any kind of questions any concerns any worries that they've got to just please ask me and I'll go through everything with them yeah. I'll then take them into the chamber they can sit in the seat see what it feels like have a wee shot of the mask mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. how that feels like we don't pressurise or anything but just so they have an understanding of what's, mm-hmm. what's happening and take them back out I'll explain what they're allowed to take into the chamber but they're not allowed to take into the chamber. Mm-hmm. Because it's a pressurised vessel, we don't take any other pressurised containers in. Okay. We also don't take uh, mobile phones or laptops or anything like that. And nothing bad would happen, but we think it's a good idea that they can just sit inside the chamber, read a book, read mm-hmm. a magazine, mm-hmm. relax, forget about the world for an hour, yeah. and just concentrate on their breathing. Uh-huh. You know. Obviously, for health and safety-wise, um, for obvious reasons, no matches or lighters or anything, anything like that, that's not allowed inside the chamber. Mm-hmm. And also, they can take in a, um, drinks with them. They can take in a can or a bottle of water or something, as long as they crack the seal first. I say, you surely it must have to open first. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. You, okay. we always say to the clients, crack a seal first, uh-huh. because if you pressurise, if you didn't, it would go, Psh, you know, but not too bad, but uh-huh. it's just water. Um, so the main idea, really, for when they're coming in and, and using the chamber is be relaxed, nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Anything that concerns them at all, I'll go through everything with them. We completely understand. If you see the chamber, first of all, and you hear about pressures and diving mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. chambers, mm-hmm. it looks a bit weird and wonderful. But when I explain to them what's actually happening, what's mm-hmm. going to happen, um, also explain it's not a drug. There's no side effects to using the chamber. It won't make them feel lightheaded or weird or wonderful or anything. Mm-hmm. Then most folk are very, very comfortable. Again, it's understandable, maybe for the first session itself, that people can be a bit nervous. Sure. It's just, you know, as I said, there's an intercom between me and the clients inside the chamber. Okay. So I can talk to them and they can talk to me. Nice. So if they ever felt uncomfortable. Just in case. Yeah. I always say to them, if you ever feel uncomfortable, if you want to come back out, just take the mask off and tell me and I'll take you back out again. It's never, ever a problem. No, no pressure to stay no in. No pressure then. at all. So when the 20 sessions are finished, at the end of it all, when we've done the assessments, hopefully one of the pressures has been helping them. Okay. But we always stress it, and I always stress at the beginning, it doesn't work for everybody. And I have to, I have to stress that at the beginning with the chamber. Mm-hmm. People are coming in and trying it, and we will assess them and see how they go, but there's no guarantee that it's going to help with the symptoms that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for a lot of people, it does help alleviate the symptoms that they've got. But we don't make wild claims about what the chamber's going to do for people. Okay. And sometimes, also, I have to sort of temper their expectations a wee bit because they're coming in. I mean, it's, it's quite a visual thing when you see the chamber and the mask and oxygen. It is. And, uh, uh-huh. you know? So they're coming in and, and they will say to me, well, is it, Dave, is this going to make my legs feel better? Or is this going to make my bladder work? Is this going to, uh-huh. what, what is this going to do for me? Yeah. And I have to temper it and say, look, you, the only way you know is by trying it. Right. I will do assessments with you and we'll see if it does help. Okay. But there isn't any guarantee. And I also stress them, even if they're in the chamber with another person who absolutely swears by the chamber and it's, it's wonderful, that's them. And their body isn't your body. Yeah. Their MS isn't your MS. 
And I know it's a terrible cliche when people say everybody's an individual, but it's exactly true. Mm-hmm. Everybody with MS mm-hmm. is an individual with MS. Mm-hmm. So people's symptoms, reactions to treatment are all going to be slightly different because no one's MS is exactly the same. Right. So any kind of reaction to treatment is going to be slightly different as well. Because mm-hmm. you know? I was, I mean, I was just wondering there, like, what what is going on inside one's body in this environment that provides some relief? And I'm, I'm curious about yeah. that. What actually is, it's, it's the combination of the oxygen and the pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not just the one thing. Mm. What happens is your body absorbs oxygen better when you're pressurised than what it does in the normal atmosphere that we're in just now. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So, I did, and I don't know if your listeners will know, but when we breathe in, the air that we breathe in, only 21% of that is oxygen. I knew it wasn't 100%, yeah, but I don't, didn't yeah, think it was that low. It's only 21% oxygen. So when you're inside the chamber and you have an oxygen mask on, you're getting 100% oxygen. Ooh. So you're breathing a lot more oxygen. And because you're pressurised, although you don't feel it, your mm-hmm. body is under a, is under a slight squeeze. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it forces the oxygen into your bloodstream. Your bloodstream becomes very highly oxygenated, circulating through the body, mm-hmm. and tries to help with the symptoms that you've got. Okay, that's the basics behind what's actually happening physically to the body okay. when you're in. I, I, so your I body absorbs that oxygen yeah, yeah better uh-huh. when you're pressurised than what it does in the normal atmosphere they're in, and you're also getting more oxygen into your system. Okay, no, I, I think that helps clarify because I wasn't really sure what the connection was between. The pressure and the breathing yeah. um, and the oxygen to symptom potential symptom, symptom management, management. Managing the symptoms. Um, and we're hoping that people will get benefits mm-hmm. from it. That's why we're doing the assessment. But I do stress to them at, at the beginning that we're trying to maintain people's health at a good level for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And if they're getting benefits, brilliant. That's a bonus and it's really good. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to maintain people's health at a good level. Mm-hmm. And oxygenating your system can help with that. Mm-hmm. And it, for a lot of people, it can help with the symptoms that they've got. Um, but again, I do stress it's not everybody. Mm-hmm. Not everybody that uses it gets the benefit from mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah. Sunny G Radio. Your station, your So I know because of conversations I've had with um, staff here at Revive that the the chamber is a very big part of what goes on here at Revive and it has a long history being at Revive. Are you able to shed a little light yeah, slash sure. do some storytelling yeah. about, about the relationship between that chamber and, and how Revive got started? Yeah. Well, the chamber is the original reason why the organisation was started back in 1984. And the organisation itself, it wasn't called Revive back in those days, it was called Glasgow Friends of Arms. And what ARMS was, was Action for Research into MS. That was ARMS. And we were the Glasgow Friends of ARMS. The organisation was completely self-funded. It was done by people with MS and their families who raised money to buy the chamber and get the organisation started in a wee unit in Maryhill, in Chapel Street in Maryhill. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was done by sponsored box, uh, discos, can rattling, just everything you can think of of what people would do, raffles, all the rest of it, to raise money to finance buying a chamber and getting the the, the centre as was started. The actual centre itself was a single unit at the end of a row wee units in Chapel Street and Mary Hill. And we were one chamber, two offices, a wee kitchen and two toilets. And that was... Glasgow Friends of Arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that will get you pretty far, but um, I assume that once those f- facilities were available in this area, I can imagine that the demand was huge. started to it was, increase. It was huge. We were, we were busy every single day. We were mm-hmm. open from nine in the morning till nine at night every day, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And we had people, um, because it was the new thing for trying to help people with MS, yeah. this was the new. Although hyperbaric oxygen in itself has been used for a long, long time before that for other conditions. But for people with MS, it was really the early 80s that the, the thought about maybe HBO would help them. So we were constantly busy. We were full of people constantly in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, which was great. It was really busy. Um, that was like the first year Mm-hmm. Um, it was so busy actually that we got a second chamber in 1985 so we actually had two chambers running mm-hmm. um, with people coming all the, in all the time um, 
it was quite evangelical to be honest with you at the time because this was a new big thing for people with MS so you must try the chamber you mm-hmm. must try the chamber mm-hmm. and um, I can understand why because people are desperate to do anything to try to help yeah. themselves but sometimes there could be sort of claims made about stuff that aren't really quite you know, so we had to, we, over the years, we sort of tempered it a wee bit. As I said before about this, people believe that they're going to be, not cured exactly, but mm-hmm. they're going to have wonderful things happening to them, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I said, 84 we started, 85 we got the second chamber, very, very busy. Um, and then the following year, we took over the next door unit, mm-hmm. and we got a physiotherapist in. Okay. Which was here. Um, and... Because there's there's more in this now, we can be doing more for people, you know, rather than just being a one one trick pony type of thing. Mm-hmm. There's more we can be helping people with. So we got a physiotherapist in, which was a big boon. Lots of people started using. His name was Brian. He was the original therap- physiotherapist, and then we got a counsellor. And the, the following year, Margaret was her name, which was a funny thing because people weren't very sure. Mm. about a counsellor what does that mean What's a, is that a psychiatrist is that mm-hmm. you know people because again it's the mid 80s you know and the sort of whole counselling side of the, what the life hadn't really been you know examined too much yeah. so people were but then people started seeing Margaret and she was, she was a really lovely person and that got more and more popular as well so for for a couple of years that was with the chamber with the physiotherapist with the counsellor we had the nurse and that was really us we thought mm-hmm. you know um but again, it was we can be doing more. What more could we be doing here? Like you know, so mm-hmm. we took over the next unit. So we then had three units, and, oh. we, were, and we were very. To be fair as well, we were very fortunate. The council were very good helping us. Good. So if someone moved out of the unit next door and we asked, was it okay? I think uh, we were. Um, oh yeah, that's okay. We did. It, we did it up. We spent money to do it up. Then so we had three units. Then um, we put in offices and we. So I'll cover up the stairs okay. and we started. Mm-hmm. So it's just expanding, just getting there, you know, we kitchen, a better kitchen went in, better facilities for the clients coming. Um, and we started there, this is getting better. And then we took over the next unit. So we had the sort of late 80s, early 90s, we had like the full block, uh-huh. we had the four. We could do more with the physio, um, doing exercise classes. We started doing stuff. Uh, so it was more than just one-to-one physio then. We were doing exercise groups. Um, we had a new counsellor come in he he was doing group work with clients newly diagnosed clients and so people who obviously just maybe been diagnosed um, along as was the Southern General very frightened very unsure about what's going to happen so they could come they could come to us meet other people who have just been diagnosed as well talk about things see it wasn't quite so scary as they might think it was so that whole sort of community vibe was starting to, Mm -hmm. to build you know we then moved, we took over one unit across the road as well, which we just used as a big gym for physio stuff. So we were doing exercise groups. I was involved. We were doing circuit training for guys, yoga classes, Pilates classes, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. has been going on. So it was just, a, over the years, it was just a, just this gradual build, 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 and constantly having new clients coming, not just from the city, from as far down as Dumfries, to this day, we still get. I've still got a client comes from. Dumfries. So even at this point in in Revive's history, folks are coming yeah. from far and far and not low. local. Yeah, yeah, no, because we were the only place in the west of Scotland. Right. So the Usher Coast, Greenock, Port Glasgow, the other side, Dumbarton, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. out to Falkirk and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, Denny, uh, Lanarkshire, all over. We've always been like a main hub in the west of Scotland mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. who come. You know. So it really didn't take long for folks to sort of cotton on to the fact that some some good work was going on in Mary Hill around MS. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can see how the, this expansion was, you know, that happened um, almost as, as soon as that unit was available. There was already some need to fill it with something, um, you know, and it was simply a case of getting the space and finding the resources, not necessarily that there was a a lack of desire to, for folks to be also, engaged. It was also a wee bit of us, ourselves, as an organisation. Because we were new, mm. as I said, um, oh, I just, oh, we could use this for that. And, uh-huh. Oh, I ever thought, we could do this, we could do that. So it was us realising, well, there's more than just 
this it's more than just a chamber it's more than just a we mm. there's more and more things that we can be getting we can be doing here mm. um so and and we would also we'd say to clients as well is there things that we're not doing that maybe you think we should, we should at least try you know so, so. Mm -hmm. and that sort of get involved so as I said, because it was sort of, it's always been client-centered, you know, so what they want. This know. is exactly the thought I was just having in my mind, that all of this is, is really um, grown from from users in the community roundabouts them um, and, and very sort of community-led with, with input and, and things of that nature. And Well, the, the whole idea about the, the, pe the person-centered approach to everything is um, people come to use We Are Now Revive mm -hmm. because they want to come to use Revive. From the very beginning, as I said, because we weren't we weren't a top down organisation, we were an organisation that was started from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. So people who were starting the, the place, MS had MS in their families. I always put it, they'd seen enough white coats to last them a lifetime. They've been to the doctor, they've been to the consultant, mm -hmm. seen to know they've been for the MRI, they've had the lumbar puncture, they've done everything that you know that's it, and now live your life with MS. You've got life to live now, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it was always a case of being trying to be as professional as possible as, as and how we did everything, but be unclinical. So no uniforms, no white coats, mm -hmm. no name badges. Even to this day, I don't like name badges or anything. <laughs> I'm still because <laughs> it's just been my working life. It, it was always down as a member of staff. It's down to me to get to know the client. Okay, we're first name terms with each other. Okay, mm -hmm. um, it's down to me to get to know them. Uh, this is not going to a clinic and having your name shouted. Your appointments are half two. Mm -hmm. Doctor will see you now, type of thing. That's not the way we work, and we've never worked like that. So it's always been that sense of community, sense of being being in it together, type of thing, mm -hmm. and that clients who come to see us are. It's not just another appointment. It's not, well, I've got a doctor at half past two type of thing. Mm. People come and use our services and they decide what services they use. If someone comes through the door, even at the very beginning, even though we didn't have much, we would say, this is what we do here, at, as was arms then, but revived now. This is what we do. Your choice. Mm -hmm. If you if you want to, and to this day it's still the same. If you want to come in here and just use the chamber and nothing else, absolutely fine. If you want to come in and use the chamber, do the yoga, see the speech and language therapist, see have a bit of counselling, do the physio, absolutely fine. Or any of any of that. You pick one. You pick. It's their decision. It's their choice to, mm -hmm. to what they do. You mm -hmm. coming in, and people like that. It's not me telling them what's going to happen. They decide what they come in and see what it's all about. And even if for, for some folk, it's true that they come in, they see it, and they go, Okay, I'll put that in my back pocket. I know it's there. I don't think I need it now, mm -hmm. but it's there for the future if I need it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is which is absolutely fine as well. And I say that to folk as well. Don't ever worry if you think you've, you know where we are now and you see what we do. You choose, you decide. Mm -hmm. um, vast majority of times, it doesn't take too long for you to get a wee call and, and they sure. come in. And start using the center, you know. Well, I suppose um, for those folks who are uh, who know about Revive and who are interested in accessing and engaging with some of the services here, what might you say to somebody who you know wants to come to Revive for the first time? Yeah. Well, what I would say first of all is don't be afraid. Okay, it can be very scary coming to somewhere new. Mm -hmm. Also, if you, if you, especially if you're not long diagnosed, if you were thinking of coming here, it's very understandable that people are going to be quite scared of what they're going to see. Yeah, they meet people with a disability, and they think immediately, "Oh my God, that's me! That's what's going to happen to me." And it is a big step to cross the threshold to come through for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I would say to anybody, if you come through that door the first time, you'll hear the laughter. You'll hear the fun. You'll hear the things that go on in the cafe and the gym, and you will have a you will have a laugh. Um, it's not as scary. Like most things, it's not as scary. The first time you actually come in, it's not as scary. Mm -hmm. But we do understand that it can be quite a scary thing to come through the first door. Mm -hmm. But you will be met by people who um, 
Julie, who's over MS nurse, first of all, you would you'd see them, people like me, other staff members who, mm-hmm. most of us have been working, doing this job for quite a while now, you know, we're quite experienced, that you're coming into a, a centre or an organisation, as I said, which is person-centred, it's very unclinical, the people notice that straight away, it's unclinical, mm-hmm. very friendly, mm-hmm. greeting with the girls at the front desk, the reception, mm-hmm. big sm- smiles all the time, but it's a friendly atmosphere to come into, yeah. that it's, it's obviously going to be scary at the beginning, but you'd be amazed how quickly people think, oh, why did I not come? I've, I've, or even people who've known about us for quite a while, you know, I should have come here before. And I said, and you, you'll see them say, well, that's okay that you didn't, don't worry about that. But we understand, it's a, it's a scary thing, but now that you're here, mm-hmm. this is what we're all about. Mm-hmm. I always give a, a good a good story. We started doing, back in Maryhill, we started doing uh, circuit training, class for guys and at the time one of the physios who worked with Francois um, she was actually Belgian and she said to me David would you mind helping at the, at the class because I was working in the chamber all the time would you mind helping at the class because it was all, all guys and she wanted a, a, another guy in there and because she was Belgian although she'd lived here for a while some of the accents were a wee bit she said sometimes the guys say things that I don't understand and all the rest of it you know? I said alright sure I'll, I'll come in and help so anyway, we started, and I always remember, it was literally the first class, and we started working, doing a bit of exercises, and one of the fellas fell, and he went straight down, and he landed, and as he fell, one of the other guys shouted, Timber! Oh, oh. And the whole place burst out laughing, and he burst out laughing, and we all started making jokes about, you know, you have to wear a Michelin man suit when you come in here, and all this kind of stuff, and the whole place burst into an absolute gout, fit of giggles all over uh. the place, and you thought to yourself, this is going to be a good class. Aye. This is going to be. This is going to be. A <laughs> Whatever laugh. that class is, sign me up. Yeah, and so the crack was straight away. It was good, and the guys and the guys felt comfortable right away, <laughs> and it was good. So it's things like that, you know, it's just mm-hmm. getting people to realise that you can come here, you can have a laugh as well. Yeah. We're serious about what we do. We're professional about what we do, but you will f- you will find the atmosphere in the place. I think anybody that visits us will know that. You come in the atmosphere of the centre and the, and what we do and how we do it is, is to get people feeling comfortable and relaxed. And the people come here because they want to come. Mm-hmm. They visit us because they want to come at the centre. It's not a case of, oh no, it's another appointment. Yeah. We don't work like that. It's a, we're not the NHS. No, it's 100%. I've been in the in the centre here a couple of times now and it's 100% not the vibe I've gotten yeah, totally. any of those visits. Um, so I can attest to that, um, that it is, you know, every, everything that you describe it as. And I also, and that's from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's always been like, and I hope we always will be like that. Yeah. So that's nearly, next year will be 40 years of the organisation. And I hope that that attitude, that way that we work, the way we do things, mm-hmm stays like I'm sure it will mm-hmm. but it stays like that because mm-hmm. it's a, a massive part of, of who we are yeah, I mean yeah. I would argue to say that it's the bedrock of who you are oh, yeah. do you know yeah, yeah. if it hasn't changed by now I get the impression it's no changing and and you know it's a funny thing because we've had staff members who come to what started working with us um, who've come out of the NHS mm. and you, you have noticed sometimes it, at the beginning they're a wee bit because they're used to much more formality and, and mm-hmm. sort of things in you. Whereas, and, and you know, we'll, oh, don't be daft, you know, somebody's kids, go in and make a cup of tea and have a blether with the clients, type of thing. That's what they want to know who you are, type of thing. Yeah. So don't be scared to go and oh, sit and talk about the football, talk about what was on the telly, mm-hmm. whatever type of thing, because that's, people are people. Yeah. You know, and the MS side of things is okay, right. but it's that thing we always said about people who come in here do have all MS. But there's human beings who have interests in absolutely everything else that you have interests in. Yeah. So sit and have a blather. Don't be scared mm-hmm. of having a cup of tea and taking the mickey because they'll take the mickey out of you as yeah. well. Type of thing. So and people like that, you know, it's it's good to be that uh-huh. again that whole sense of togetherness and, yeah. and being there together. And mm-hmm. it's that there's not that barrier between the staff and the people who use the services. You know, mm-hmm. it's that people feel very easy to, as mm-hmm. I said, have a laugh that story I told about the circuit training class that type of thing mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really good you know one thing that I, I always say to clients as well um, and I think it's maybe important as well even for all the time that I've worked here for all the years about it, and I'll probably have like most of the staff will have more of an understanding of MS and how it affects people's lives and that, than the general public and all the rest of it 
but when I'm talking to clients, especially people who are just coming in as well, um, just to meet new things, about meeting other people with MS, I'll always say, even after all these years, we're, we're working with people with MS, but I stress, I don't have MS. I don't know what it feels like. But the person sitting next to them in the chamber, or sitting next to them in a the cafe, or doing the exercise class with them, knows exactly how they feel, and knows exactly what they're going through. Mm. And so that whole sense of not being alone, you're not the only person with MS. It can, people can be very isolated, feel very alone. Mm. So meeting other people with MS, of various abilities and disabilities, and, and understanding what people are like, mm. it's a big thing for clients to meet other people who have MS, who know exactly what they're going through, and some of the misconceptions about MS, they can meet people, oh, I always thought this happened, and I always thought that happened, and oh, oh me, Joe, was just telling me there that we do this, and Belinda told me this, and just even that, meeting other people with MS, and seeing how they live their lives, and how you can live your life, is a massive deal, mm-hmm. it really is, and it's a big thing for people to realise, you're not alone, if you come here, you'll meet other people who know exactly what you're talking about and exactly what you're going through. So, as I said before, don't be afraid. Oh, I, I really want to say thank you in, in sort of two ways, really. One, for um, being a sort of master of the uh, uh, the oxygen chamber. Um, you know, that's really been your um, area of specialty, you know, speciality since the very beginning. And, you know, like you were saying, it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. No. But I can only imagine the number of people that it has helped over oh, the yeah. years. Yeah. So thank you um, for that. Um, and thank you for sharing a wee bit of sort of the history of Revive. Um, and as it started out as arms up in Mary Hill back in the, you know, in the very beginning. So um, thank you for taking a wee thank bit you. of time yeah. to, sure. to share all of that with us. Sure. Really appreciate sure. it. You're very welcome. Cheers. Johnny G Radio. Your station, your creation. Revive was set up in 1984 by people living with MS and their families and helps people manage the physical, emotional, social and financial impacts that come with a diagnosis of MS. Anyone affected by MS can use Revive services and can be referred by a health or social care professional or self-referred. For more information, please visit revivemssupport.org.uk.